me again. Fragment. Well, the song remains the same. Total conflict. Them against us. I can't believe they canceled your Halloween concert. It's like you say. Rock's chosen warriors will rule the apocalypse. Airheads and brain deads are everywhere. Who needs them? What do they got that I need? Okay, one thing. and roll will never die. At least not this Halloween. I've heard of raising spirits from the dead by incantations, right? Yes. I did that by playing the record backwards. You're the bed, and they is you. Sammy Kerr. He's a rock and roll nightmare. I am a big fan of yours. I've got all your records. Shut up. This message... Sammy Kerr. His fans won't let him die. He won't let them live. You should be loyal to your hero. Make it turn on you. Looks like we better check out the party punch. Starring Mark Price from Family Ties with special guest appearances by Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons of Kiss. Uh, Welcome to the show again. A guy who uh, I haven't talked to in a while, but he's still pretty prolific in this thing we do called podcasting, I think. Uh, Only guy I really grab out to do an episode like this or a segment like this. I can't get Johnny Crooks. I got Mr. Corey Graham. How you doing, sir? Hey, man. Oh, I hope I'm not disappointing everyone because Krug would have been, he would have been rocking. And, uh, you know, you got me instead. And I hope I can, uh, you know, be a fraction no. of the, uh, you know, entertainment, knowledge, and, and general awesomeness that Krug is. But uh, thanks for having me on, Gary. It's, I it's been too long, my friend. I jab at Corey because I, I mess with him. See, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, it's, all good. it's all good, man. How you been? I'm doing fine, man. Good, good. Yeah, it's been a while. Been a while. We're into hockey season again. You know that. Uh, you know you're all about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, getting back in the swing of that and watching a lot more horror movies. You know, like I said, I've been crazy busy and and uh, you know just not watching a whole lot of movies. But you know, actually, we're recording like the day before Halloween, which is cool. And this whole month, I've been just motivated to watch a whole lot more horror. Yeah, that's all, so, that's always good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I watched a bunch of horror movies. You know, a lot of stuff that's like my traditional uh, sort of Halloween movies to watch. Um, but then I've also been trying to reach outside and, you know, get some new stuff and things I haven't seen before. And, uh, oh, it's been great. It's been great. I've let it go too long, you know? Yeah, it happens, you know. I, yeah. I, I watch a lot of different things, so that... that that whole watching horror on Halloween is uh, one of those things where it's, I'll see, I'll watch a lot more, but I'll watch other stuff too, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite? What, what, what's like your, your go to movie for oh, Halloween? Go to for Halloween? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think the gate's up there because it's the first horror film I ever saw. Oh, nice. So that that's up there. And then the one we're going to discuss tonight, of course. Oh, yeah. And uh, Halloween 3 is above any other Halloween <laughs> film, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's um, a good one. Yeah, the, the Night of the Creeps. There's all kinds of good ones that you could watch around Halloween, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Try, that's, uh, try to catch some yeah. stuff I've never seen before, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's always good. There's so much out there, man. You know, I reached out to Facebook here a few weeks ago, and I'm just like, hey, you know, anybody got some good horror films, you know, that might be off the beaten path or something, you know, that, that maybe I haven't seen or something. And people are throwing things at me left and right. And people that I, I really respect, you know, and I know that you know, if they recommend a film, I'm probably going to like it. And so I ended up, I'm like, you know, be careful what you ask for. And uh, now I have, like, just dozens of movies on this list now that, I, that I'm going to see. That's so, great. It's always, good yeah. to have, it's always good to have friends whose uh, opinions you respect, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're getting down to the, the nitty-gritty here. Tonight we're going to discuss a film that we both love, and I'm sure a lot of you love as well, uh, being Trick or Treat. Not Trick or Treat or Trick or Treats, <laughs> but Trick or Treat from 1986. <laughs> There's a lot of reiterations of the title, see? Oh, yeah. Not confusing at all. Not confusing at all whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> oh That's what I was confused for the longest time because uh, the trick or treat, I mean, the one, you know, the 1986 one we're talking about tonight, um, that was like my film. That was like the only trick or treat film that I was really aware of there that I really cared about. And, uh, and then I'd see other people talking about like, oh, I'm watching trick or treat. Uh, I'm, you know, I really love this part. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not in the movie, you know, and and I, I just got all kinds of crazy confused, and then, you know, I, I got around to seeing Trick or Treat, and, you know, a couple of the other variations there. Yeah, okay, there we go. And Trick or Treat, the, the more recent one, what was that, like 2007 or something, whatever that was? Right, right around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Oh, so it, is, really it is wonderful, cool. yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah but, uh, there's nothing like 80s horror, man. Nothing yeah. like this is in that special category of, uh, you know, that the metal music will damn your soul to hell movies of the <laughs> 1980s that we love so much, you know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, this particular film uh, was made in 1986, like I said. Here's the... And fuck this plot synopsis. I'm, I'm going to go give my own plot synopsis for my, instead of IMDb's. It basically is about this guy named Eddie who's obsessed with this rock star, Sammy Kerr. Who's basically your your D Snyder of this movie? Because they have the whole interlude of him on TV talking to the government, like the PMRC deal and all that stuff. And well, Sammy is supposedly a devil worshiper, you know, because they all love the devil. These rock stars, and they uh he he dies in a hotel fire mysteriously. And Eddie is or the Ragman, as they call him, <laughs> was uh. It was big, 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 be uh, uh, imbued with this this record from a disc jockey named Nuke, played by Gene Simmons, of his last recording. And, uh, of course, you, you play your record, you play your record backwards, shit starts to happen. Sammy uh, basically teaches him on a dispatch of his bullies and all that good stuff until he finally comes alive to the stereo to fuck people up. And uh, that's basically the plot of this movie, and... It's a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of fun. I mean, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, 
you think about it, you know, we're coming out in the 80s, and it was during the heyday of like the 80s paranoia, you know, you're talking about, you know, rock and roll and, and heavy metal music was was just really getting out there and then hitting more of a mainstream vibe. And so parents were freaking out about it because of all the imagery and the satanic things that they, they saw or thought they saw in it. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just really hilarious. And I think this movie just plays on it and just <laughs> takes it to another level where really, I think it's, it's parodying, you know, that whole, uh, whole, I, I think over the top reaction to, to all this music coming out in the eighties. Oh, uh, de- definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, were, were you on that commentary we did for the movie like a while back ago? No, no. That, 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 that must have been Johnny, I think, because uh, yeah. we, 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 we could not do nothing but comment on how awesome the Ragman's room was with all those posters and records and a pretty banging stereo system for that time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, every time I watch it, I'm just like, that room, I mean, totally, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, in the middle of the 80s. And, you know, it's going to be different for a, a lot of people that might not have grown up during this period. You know, like you and I, we, you know, we were in our, our we were growing up, we were sort of in our, our very youthful, impressionable stage, you know, at this point. And, and um, but man, in 1986, to have a room like this guy's, it's off the charts, man, totally awesome. I would have killed for, like, a room with all those posters, the stereo he had, like, the awesome stuff, just this personified like what i always wanted my room to be in the 80s and my parents would never ever would have let me come near anything that cool um, but yeah yes yeah, yeah but great it, stuff. it is great stuff yeah i mean you think like what does he have to be upset about but you know he's he's constantly bullied at school you know his mom seems cool but he, he can't get a girl that kind of deal and <laughs> people yeah. feel sorry for him for some reason and you know so yeah, you, you you live through your tunes, much like you know, we we live through our Dungeons and Dragons and you know, various movies because you know t- television is the babysitter after all. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, and it's it's funny, you know, because his, his mom, you know, I talked about her. She's like the stereotypical sort of clueless '80s mom, you know, middle class, you know, sort of, uh, you know, thinks that everything's just all good and everything, and and, and really. Uh, Concerned about her son, I love that part where she finds the uh, the spiked the spiked uh, leather bracelet or something that she has. She's really concerned. Yes, you know, she looks at this, you know, and just different things like that. And it's oh, it just takes me back, man, because I, I like I said, I lived through a lot of this. You know, I, I lived through the, the paranoia and the, the crazy things about you know backmasking on records and and the hidden messages and stuff. And this movie takes it to the point. Where you know he, this dead uh, rock star is communicating with Eddie personally through this you know unreleased album from beyond the grave. It's 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 really hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And you know, I love I love parts of this movie where you know even Sammy's not in it. He 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 gets he gets the party going. I love oh, yeah. the I love the I love the scene in the in the, in, the, in the, um. The wood shop scene, you know? Yes. <laughs> Just like they, they, they think he's got, got something going on, but, you know, they're not sure if he's got, like, psychic powers or if he's, well, whatever's going on. But the, these guys are real shitheads anyway, but right. not, not shitheads enough to, to get their, their a spike through their head or whatever you want to call yeah. it, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's... Uh... Oh, it's hilarious. A lot of just uh, yeah, a lot of great scenes in here, and and just a lot of 
lot of crazy moments, man. And it's just a fun ride, you know. You're not bored at all during the movie. At least I'm not, you know. I, I just, just think it's fun and it's it's kind of creepy, you know. It has some creepy scenes, you know, especially during some of the dream sequences, you know, the first time that um, I, I think he's having a dream thing where he sees Sammy in the dream and there's fire all around them and he's like all the backwards sort of you know, vocal things that you're hearing and, and uh, a lot of really creepy things like that going on. But, you know, again, there's the, the whole thing that's so prevalent in the 80s. It's like it's a whole campy sort of fun kind of thing, you know. It's uh, not not completely serious, you know, taking itself seriously. So the, the, the only problem with these metal movies like this is uh, you have to get to the realization that, wow, I guess my parents were right. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. yeah. this one, you know, Black Roses, uh, all of them, <laughs> what your parents say is going to happen, you know, happens, you know. Right. And except <laughs> except that in, in Black Roses, they turn into all, like, little fucking goblins and shit like that, and, you know. Right. <laughs> metal music would turn your kids into fucking trolls. Next, next question, you know. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and you can see a lot of influences you know um you know especially uh you see gene simmons you know does a cameo in here and of course ozzy has a cameo as well but um you know gene simmons man i thought you know he probably loved being in a part of this movie you know because especially i'm thinking towards the end whenever sammy's there and he's playing at the dance oh yeah and, you know he's up there and he's playing his guitar and then all of a sudden he starts like blasting people with like you know bolts of electricity out of the, you know the end of his guitar. And I'm like, and they turn Kiss it, they, they turn Kiss to had, dust. Yes, yeah. Kiss had been doing that for decades, you know, before they made this movie. And uh, you know, Ace had been you know shooting stuff out of the end of his guitar, you know, for a long time at that point. And uh, so I'm sure Gene was just like all about this and be like, yeah, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, but, how could he not get behind a movie like this? You know, because. <laughs> Evie, they're all about you know the knights in Satan's service, you know that kind of deal. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's make the worst name to fuck with the parents. That's what we'll call ourselves. And exactly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah, yeah they, did, I'm sorry. Oh no, I, I was just you know why I was talking about Gene Simmons. That uh, you know Nuke, you know the, the DJ he plays on here. Now I want to ask you this because you know I, I just thought of this the last time that I, I watched it before the show here, but. You know, I'm thinking he had some, he had to have something to do with all of this. You know, it's not explored or explained or anything like that. But you think, you know, he's the DJ. He get he somehow, you know, he's, he's supposedly friends with Sammy um, before he died, and he is like the guy who gets this unreleased album that's only one you know one copy's made. Yeah, and then he gives it just out of the kindness of his heart to this kid. You know that that comes by the radio station, and uh, you know it, it wasn't the first time they'd met or anything. I guess they were sort of you know pals and everything. But still, just gives the original copy to this kid, and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, was Nuke in cahoots with Sammy here? And then I, I, I think he was because if you if you remember the end of the movie, the the radio station is abandoned, and like there's like the tape because he 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 said already that he already recorded to the real the real. Right. To, to play at midnight, of course, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that that's going to happen in this movie. The, they could have been in cahoots the whole time. I think so. Like, I think so. Let's, let's see how big a fan the Ragman really is and how far he'll <laughs> go, that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. So thinking, uh, thinking Nuke was, was in on this somehow, but uh, yeah. yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. This is a you know just a, 
one-off thing and so that's it's it's there and that's that you can't even buy this movie anymore you got to get on ebay you know i picked up a copy a, a dvd of this a while back on on ebay and uh, is, it like, I was, is it like that good times one or something or what, what, whatever it was yeah it was the one uh when did they there was like a, a dvd release like right, a like a probably, hard like a hard plastic case yeah 10 or 15 years ago here yeah. uh, it was released and uh um but uh, I had got, I looked for one on eBay, you know, because you can't go out and buy it. And uh, I found one. It was like a good deal, you know. That all the all the other copies seemed to be expensive and stuff. And I'm like, oh, here's one. It was like ten bucks or something. I'm like, yeah. And uh, this has happened to me before on on rare movies that I I see on eBay, and I'm like, wow, I got to pick this up. This is a good deal. It was a total bootleg, you know. Like they they printed up the cover on a, an inkjet printer. You know, it was it was dubbed on a CDR <laughs> or a DVDR rather, and uh, so I have the movie, but it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's it's that's, me up. that's sad. You know, you get to get, get the bootlegged thing going on, but at least you can say you have a copy. Although you know, it's hard to find a copy of this movie. Although if you're if you're Germ you're in Germany or you have a region free player, they did they did release a pretty fabulous looking Blu-ray. It's like a like a hard like a like a media book or something. It comes with a movie and the soundtrack. Seriously. But is but is devoid of extras, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which makes me sad about this movie, which is I'm, I'm so glad that we got to talk to we got to talk to and uh give yeah. us a little, little little insight on what's going on with the with the with the, with the movie and how it was made. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, the guy in question is uh Mark Price who's the uh, the star of this movie. He he is the ragman. You may know, you may know him as Skippy from Family Ties. Yeah, yeah. He uh, was pining after Mallory for a long time on that show, and uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's it. But he he does a great job. Yes, he does. Uh, yes. And this, I mean, he he's the leading guy the entire time. He carries it. There's there's hardly a scene without him in here, and he just I think his acting was, was fantastic. He carried this. You know, he had, they had to have a strong actor. I think to carry this, and, and he did. And he was just a kid, you know. Whenever he did it, what well, he's probably—I don't know how old he was. I guess probably right around the 17, mm -hmm. 17 to you know twenty, right? I don't know. And well, uh, yeah, it would have been really easy to make this character a whiner, like make him a little bitch. But you know, I did the, the ragman kind of kind of sacked up, you know, once he had Sammy on his side, as you would put it, and then you know. As things go in movies like this, stuff gets out of your control. Like in some of the more silly points of this movie, yeah, like the, the the goblin, the, the 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 goblin rape or whatever the hell that thing uh, was. <laughs> Again, you know something, something that it doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, it, it doesn't. Like, but you know what happened? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really it, doesn't. Yeah, the scene of questions or the ragman makes uh, one of the bullies a tape of of, of the 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 lost album. Of course, mm -hmm. of course, recorded backwards, oh, and yeah. uh, he gives it. His girlfriend finds it in the back seat, and she starts getting frisky when she's listening to this. Uh, her her clothes start to come off like ghost like, you know, and uh, <laughs> you see her boobs and stuff. And all of a sudden, she wakes up. Her ears are literally burning, and she's getting raped by a goblin or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, no explanation for me. I don't. I don't know. It's don't like know. it's like where's the place for this thing in this movie? But you really don't care because there's so much other good stuff to enjoy. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's great. You know, it's just like just like why I love. You know, it makes me think of 
especially that scene. I don't know why I, I was thinking of like like a Fulci film. You know, like a lot of the stuff he made, especially um, uh, I was thinking of uh, City of the Living Dead. You know, where it's just like, man, that movie makes even less sense than this. You know, a lot of Fulci stuff. It definitely does, sense. yeah. And but it's along the same lines. You know, it's like you see stuff. You know, you see a flash of this and a flash of that, and you're just like. I don't even know what that was or why it's there, but I don't care. I'm having a good time, so let's let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, Seems like Sammy pulling Ozzy out of the TV. All of a sudden, he's like an ash dummy. <laughs> no, nobody cares what it looks like. It's just it's just funny that it happened. Oh yeah. Oh and then yeah. Then he, he can stick his hands inside the TV. This is pre-shocker, people. So. Oh man. <laughs> That's right. You think That's you, right. you think this is okay? Watch shocker, okay? Shocker is hokey as hell. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Hor- 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 Horace Pinker's got all kinds of powers that this guy does not have. <laughs> uh, but it's a shit. I mean, this is uh, this is a, a really good movie. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Oh, know? no, like, it's not. We can talk about all kinds of like weird things. Things don't make sense and this and that. But it's really, I don't think anyone can watch this and say, man, this is just just really bad. And we're we're not just saying this out of nostalgia or, or anything. Because, I, like I said, I watched it again before uh, we talked about it tonight. And I'm just like, and it's been a few years since I've watched it. And I'm just like, all right, I really want to pay attention, see if this holds up. You know, is this any good, really? You know, or am I just, again, just enjoying it out of nostalgia? And that's why I, I would rate it so high. And I watched it. I've loved it again, you know? And it's, man, man just uh, not one of those so bad it's good movies uh, by any means. You know, I oh, yeah, put it up sure. there with. One of my favorite uh, 80s horror films, you know. There are a lot of them, but this is definitely up there. I think one of the biggest stars of this film is, you know, the, the fact that Sammy Kerr is, 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 is a fictional character in every sense of the word. Because the music that we get in this movie, which it has still one of my favorite soundtracks of the 1980s. Oh, yeah. Is, is all done by this band called Fastway. And it is it is great all the way throughout. This but this is what like brings the movie together. I mean, you have movies that have soundtracks that accent the film as well as this one does. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you when you get you know get tough playing by, by them, and you know that it, it fits the scene that it's in. The ragman's growing some balls, and he's running down the hallway against his bullies, and you know. Cause he's, he's got to get tough, and then you know when Sammy hits the stage at the the Halloween dance, and he belts out that first riff after midnight. You know you're into something good, man. You know you're oh, yeah. into something good. Yeah, this is they did it. Uh, this uh, the soundtrack is perfect for this. You know you're you're right on every song. It was perfect for the scene. Uh, all the the music and everything. I mean, metalheads back then. You know, it, it's funny that I said uh, metalhead because they use that as a derogatory term in this movie. You know, they call them, you know, the, as the bullies are making fun of them and then trying to chat at them, they're, they're like, you know, you, you metalhead, you know, and, and as if it's derogatory. Oh, and, yeah, because they're wearing their, their preppy clothes and he's wearing that, that filthy jean jacket that we all had as kids, Corey. Oh, you know yeah. That? Oh, <laughs> dude, I had that with the patches and the pins and everything. Dude, I had it, man. That was it. And it was so rad back then. That was... Man, if you were in that kind of music, that's the way you dress. That's the way you looked. And yeah, he, he played the part. And, and uh, but this music, yeah, this is exactly what people were listening to, the kind of stuff, uh, right, right back then. And you listen to it now, and it's fairly benign. You know, it's not 
Like not quite as heavy as I remember it sounding, you know, whenever I was 10 years old or something, listening to this kind of stuff. Um, but man, this is, this is some pretty crazy stuff back then. It was pretty, pretty cutting edge, pretty, uh, pretty out there still. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was, they're, they're using metalhead as a derogatory term. And it makes me think back, you know, now you say, you know, metalhead to describe a person who listens to metal and it's, it's really neither good or bad. It just kind of describes, you know, Hey, you're, you're really into metal music. And, and it makes me think, you know, back, you know, when the whole punk movement was starting up, you know, back in the seventies, you know, and, and the word punk, uh, was used very, in a very derogatory manner towards the people who were, were participating in this style of music and making that kind of music and, and part of that whole scene. And now, you know, even starting, you know, uh, even starting, I think in the late eighties and into the nineties, you know, punk became very acceptable you know, and, and sort of a, you know, mark of, of pride for that kind of music. And now you say, oh, hey, I'm into punk music. And, and uh, it's, it's as positive, I think, as, as any other, you know, saying I'm into rock or I'm into rap or, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. And it's just funny how, how that's evolved and, and stuff. It's really seen as not that bad anymore. Oh, yeah, de- definitely now, you know, we're in, we're in modern times. And there's a big difference between 86 and now. Because yeah. we have the internet now, like me and you, we 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 go on on Skype like we are right now and talk about what we like. You know, I I know you yeah. you you're a dear friend, but I've never met you. You know, right. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I, you know, I I got thinking about too. You know, we can get online and we can really discover any sort of music that we want. You know, I mean, you have, you have services out there like Spotify that are really good at it. You can get on YouTube and look at stuff and just keep discovering new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. And back in 1986, I mean, think about how hard it was to really, especially in metal music, which was, you know, again, it was still kind of on the fringe, even though, you know, a lot of bands, you know, Motley Crue and everything, they were, they were sort of coming out. Metallica was hitting it hard at that point. And so it was really coming more into the mainstream, but it was still kind of weird, still kind of out on the fringe. And especially how difficult it would be uh, for for real hardcore metalheads, you know, of, of that time to go out and keep up with these bands and to discover new music. I mean, literally, what would you have to do? You'd kind of have to, you know, maybe do what, what Eddie was doing in here and you make friends with a radio DJ who is constantly, of course, you know, he's going to be up and up on new music and getting in new stuff. So, I mean, you'd physically have to go in and talk with these guys, you know, get, uh, you know, I know what I used to do, man, when I was little, to find out about what bands were doing and to, to see new bands and everything, because I didn't have cable, you know, and I didn't have MTV to watch when I was, you know, at that age. So, really, I'd go out, and while my mom was shopping at the grocery store, I would just hang out in the magazine section. You know, and I'd be reading all the metal magazines I could, you know, just finding out you know, about all, all this different kind of music and stuff. So it, it was just so much harder, you know, to, to discover music and to keep up with what you're really into. And Eddie was one of those guys that was really, really out there doing it. And, and uh, now it's just so, so darn easy to the point where, you know, I and I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone else, but it's almost like, you know, it's too easy. And I just I end up, uh, I don't think, appreciating a lot of what's out there that I really should, because back then, man, when you got a, you got a cassette, you know, whenever, uh, oh man, most some of this stuff, you know, never, never knew like a rat or something came out in the eighties or, or whatever, just pull something out there. 
that was the kind of thing. I mean, it's not like I had a million different things at my fingertips to listen to, you know. Like, yeah, and, you know, depend, that, de- depending on your talent, they weren't playing too much of it on the radio either, you know. Yeah, and so you listen to this thing day and night, you know. I, I would wear out cassettes, you know, like all the time. And and uh, so I think, you know, and I really, really got to, I think, appreciate uh, the music a lot more than, uh, than I do now. And, um, you know, it's, it's just different times. It's tough, you know, but it's just interesting to think about. That, that, that makes you long for the record store. See, so hanging out at the record store, yeah. just just sh- sh- shooting the shit with people about music and stuff. See, so yeah, yeah. But, but now, now we got this though. You know, this this wonderful thing called the internet, and you know, I think that the Ragman would be much more at home in in, oh, yeah. in, in, in 2015 than he would have been in '86. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, these people, they understand me, you know? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You just have to hang out on some some horror websites and Facebooks, you know, Facebook pages and and metal metal things, and you can fit right in, you know, on your own own niche, and you have thousands and thousands of people who are right there with you, so it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we straight from the conversation of this film bit, but I, I think it's all relevant to the to the to the subject matter. So that's uh, right. yeah, yeah, it is, it is. It's just funny. And and so, do you think? Uh, what would you think? You know, somebody like a kid, uh, maybe somebody who's maybe in their early twenties right now. You know, I'm I'm getting up there. You know, I'm almost you know about a year, year and a half away from being forty, and. Uh, but like I said, my formative years, my young years were up during the eighties. I lived through this, you know, I watched this movie and I understand, uh, I understand what the music scene was like. I understand, you know, all the, all the paranoia about the music and Satanism and things, what parents would do to burn records. So I understand that because I, I lived through it. But do you think that somebody who didn't, you know, like maybe someone, like I said, you know, in their, their teens or twenties, um, watching this movie for the first time right now, would they just more like laugh at it and just say this is this is just not realistic at all? This is probably pretty stupid. I, I would think that somebody much younger would think it's just not not fun movie. Well, it, de- it depends on you know what you brought them up on. I guess you would call it you know. Yeah. Because I I have a friend now who's shit to ten years my junior. Who's he? He's an aspiring bass player. He he loves Kiss. They're out they're on the cruise right now. Him and his mother. They're on oh, the nice. they're on the Kiss Cruise. <laughs> I love it, and that's all they do is go see old bands, you know. That's cool. Yeah. So they, 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 it all depends on like what you, you you like and what you were brought up on and what you'll, you'll put up with. But I think there's enough in Trick or Treat to to say you know this is this is an '80s film, you know, and you you probably couldn't make it the same way today to 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 put the butts in the seats, I guess. <laughs> But for the time that it came out, it's it's all relevant, you know. Yeah. The, the fact that you got this kid who's much like many of those other kids that you, you'd like see, like, have you ever seen the, the? I know you've seen it, but other folks listen to this have ever seen the Decline of Western Civilization uh, Part Two or Volume Two. Yeah. Those kids in that movie, that that documentary, you know, are much like those kids. Right. Where you know they they have parents that you know worry for the basically worry for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their kids aren't going to go out and, like, you know, go rob a convenience store because they had the latest Saxon album or something, you know. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little ridiculous like that. But, you know, the, this movie it was, you know, much like those other, you know, metal musical condemn your soul to hell kind of movies. Not saying that, just 
making fun of that. And, you know, you <laughs> love movies like this. And this one, there's a bunch of them. Rocktober Blood. I mean, we, we can go on <laughs> for a bunch of them that, that done this. But this is one of the ones that did it the best. So it's yep. up there up there in the echelon of the, those, those kind of movies. This is definitely top three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, some of the uh, something, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Gene Simmons and Ozzy having cameos in here. And it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, first of all, Ozzy's playing the, the priest in here who's against the metal music and everything. It's, it's kind of funny, uh, his little part. But um, it, it's funny uh, that there was backlash. And it was something I was always confused about. You know, a, a why, if you've ever seen the cover of this film, yes, it's like all Gene Simmons and Ozzy. It's just, like, it's too just huge. And not even yeah. like, not even like of the time they were in this movie, they have like oh, old, yeah. old man Ozzy and old man Gene <laughs> on the cover with a house in the middle or something, you know? Oh yeah, they look completely different <laughs> than they do in the movie. Like, like we couldn't, we, we couldn't find the, the, the D, the, the, the VHS cover to throw on this DVD. So let's just confuse every fucking buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, and a lot of people I, I think were thinking that they were like the stars of the film, you know. And this is and they, <laughs> this and is they, the Gene and, Simmons and Ozzy movie. And they had their place, but they're they're, they're not the, the the focal point of the movie at all. No. Oh yeah, and it would you know, it would actually be really easy to miss Gene Simmons if you didn't know that he, he played the DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could blow right through that and not consciously even realize that that was him. You know, especially nowadays, because, you know, most people, a lot of people have seen him like on The Apprentice or, you know, different things that he, he's been doing lately. And, you know, this is you know, 30 years ago, Gene Simmons. He was doing a lot of acting back in them days, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Run, and, uh, Run, Run, Runaway is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you could blow right through that and not even realize it's him. You know, Ozzy's a little tougher to miss because I think he has a a more distinct look, you know, he's, that's, that's Ozzy. He has that face. Yes, indeed. But, but Gene, I think he, you know, he's, uh, not a big part of the film. And I think you might not know that it's him necessarily. Just... So if you see this on a used DVD shelf, like at your local, like, you know, used DVD store, you know, just, just, uh, if you don't look past that cover and listen to what we're telling you that, you know, <laughs> it's not really about that. Yeah. Now, now the one, the, the German one I spoke of has the beautiful cover art on it, like the original like poster art on it. Oh, nice! Which is like Sammy looking sinister and like all kinds of nasty stuff. I mean, it's beautiful art. Yeah. If they would, yeah. they, they would have slapped that on the cover of the, the the DVD, you might think, "Wow, this is the movie for me." But you know. Oh yeah! You know, right, uh, right before actually we were recording, I was like. I was curious now because I said, you know, I picked this up on eBay a while back and, and I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, I'll look on eBay again and just see what's going on with this film. You know, are people still selling it or what? And of course, you know, I'm seeing all the, all the DVDs and everything, but there's a lot of really, really cool posters out there. There's a lot of really great art out there for this film. Um, if you just go and you just type this into eBay, you know, trick or treat 1986 and see what comes up. Uh, some really, really cool stuff. And man, man, I, what a, you know, it, it's weird because a lot of, you know, you, th- you think about how you picked out horror movies when you were in the VHS store in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And, look, and at, look, was, look at the cover. You never read yeah. the back, you know. Yeah, exactly. And the coolest cover, that would be the one that you'd pull off and, <laughs> and uh, would grab your attention. And so I think, man, this, this thing, you know, especially with the original uh, artwork that you were talking about, but even some of these posters I'm seeing, 
man, those things would have rocked as covers. You know, they, they were so good. You know, a lot of them are, are a little more minimalistic and uh, I think just just really effective in that way. But uh, it's some really great stuff. You're not going to see that anywhere really anymore unless you dig for it like I did to, to eBay. Because I've rented some some bad movies based on VHS covers. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dead time stories comes to mind. You know? <laughs> oh man, that was terrible. Oh my gosh, and that was that was the shtick, man. I mean, they, during the eighties, the whole thing was it doesn't matter what was in the movie, just make a great cover. You know, it doesn't have anything. To do, you know, I think of you know this is a great horror movie, but uh, the movie House. Oh yeah, yeah. like the yeah, cover yeah, for yeah, House yeah. has nothing to do. With the you you never see anything like that going on in the movie, but it's an awesome cover. Like you know, no, really the, no offense to Mr. Charlie Band, you know, but back in the Empire days and in the Full Moon days, oh, they yeah. they, they made the poster first and then they made the movie. <laughs> yeah. you know? it's like and, now, now we need a script to go with this movie, you know. And to be fair, that's that's how a lot of B horror has been made through the decades. I mean, going back, you know, to the fifties, and you think if you've ever seen the movie Ed Wood. You know, and just um, uh, how they would come up with movies. They would come up with titles. They would come up with posters to go along with the titles of the movies before they hired a director, had a script, had anything down. They would go ahead and just plan this whole thing out and say, okay, let's get this made. They'd hire a director, hire a writer, boom, okay, okay. and done. <laughs> and it's, you know, it wasn't any, it's still, you know, I, I would think it still goes on nowadays too, you know, just let's, let's crank some stuff out there. I think uh, sci-fi probably does that. That's probably what they do with a lot of their original films, you know? I, I, okay. I, I think that the asylum has like a bulletin board. They just, oh, chuck, yeah. they just, yeah, they just chuck yep. darts at it, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we got a shark. We need to be a mechanical shark and he needs to fight a giant, Lizard slash gator slash uh, Sasquatch. Okay, we got a movie. You know, yeah. give him three heads. <laughs> give, right. give him three heads. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So it's you know it's it's really nothing new. I don't think that's just kind of the the, <laughs> the formula and, and the the mo of a lot of these B filmmakers. That just I don't know. That's that's how the business is, man. It's crazy, but it's sort of awesome at the same time. Yeah. It's so much, it's so much more fun and unpredictable and weird that way. It's, it's I don't know, I, I enjoy it. Like, it's fascinating to me, man. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ba- in fact, the, the 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 film, I guess, basically, we'll uh, say anything else about it that we're gonna say about it. I think it's wonderful. You know, you, you got the the, the ragman played by Mark Price plays it to a T. The 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 of the time of the place of the teenager that he portrayed. You know. I don't know if he was really like that back in them days, but you know he he um he's he plays that role of the the young un- misunderstood metalhead to to uh to a great length in this movie and Sa- Sammy's great you know dude God Russ he, he the guy the actor passed away now he uh, oh yeah and uh yeah, oh there's just so much to love about this film you know as far as nostalgia goes as far as just watching it now I, I show this to my kids there's not well exception of the the the, the 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 boob shot. Yeah, a little rape there. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> a little goblin rape. Never hurt anybody, you know. But yeah, hey, yeah, it happens. Hey, maybe my thirteen year old kid. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. What kind of parent I, I would become. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Corey, uh, any final things you want to say about this film? Ah, uh, man. You know, I think we summed it up real good. Uh, you know, it's 
again, 80s horror is, uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, times of horror. There's just something about it, the way it was made, you know, the film, the film grain, you know, and you get too much further in time into the 90s, and that's when you start getting, uh, you know, shot on video stuff. And so the whole film film kind of look, you know, that whole thing it started getting phased out in B-horror movies. And so I just like that. I just like the, the mindset. And, uh, I can identify with it. Uh, just a really, really cool thing, you know. It's, it's um, yeah, it's creepy, kind of scary at times, and it has, it, it just it does everything right for me. And I, I, I just rate this really high. I think uh, I give it, uh, you know, definite recommend to anybody at all, especially right now. You know, Halloween is a great, uh, great Halloween film to uh, to watch and to, you know, to start a sort of tradition. It's, it's right up there. So yeah, if you enjoy. He's horror, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, all, all those classics. It's, uh, you know, this is one that uh, I can almost guarantee that you're going to like. So, so uh, one out of ten, what would you give this film? I got to give it an eight. You know, it's, yeah, uh, you know, one of my favorites. I, uh, I can respect that. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. So, what do you think, man? I, I'm a respectable eight too, because you know, two two points off for the hokiness, but this is the 1980s, yeah, yeah. so you know, what, what are you going to do? Right. There's yeah. lots. There's lots of hokiness. This is not the only film that's guilty of that. You know? Oh man, yeah. So, and you know, I think a lot of the charm of it. You know, if it was a little bit hokey, it wouldn't have that charm. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. So that's uh, that's I think one necessary ingredient in one of the greatest films. You get, you, get the, you get the Joe Bob Briggs approval for this movie. He'll give you the drive-in totals, and I'm sure you'll see some really wacky ones in there. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And speaking of drive-in, this would be a great movie to see at a drive-in. Yes, it would. Yeah, yeah. I gotta my boy. I gotta hit hit up my boy George Rice, who uh, he heads up that the, the horror um, uh, drive-in weekend uh, that I go. To, uh, well, I try to make twice a year, mm-hmm. um, and because he pulls out some great stuff, he gets he gets films in from all over the world. You know, rare prints of things and, and movies that are that are out of print. And, uh, so I gotta man, I gotta see if he can pull this out some. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, if, of all the movies you talked about, uh, is there any uh, Halloween recommendation you would give to the listeners, Corey, like right at the top of your head, that this is going to be released on Halloween? So if they listen to it, what should they watch like right after they listen to the show? Oh, man, man. Um, well, of course, you know, we talked about, um, you know, Trick or Treat. Uh, that's that's a great Halloween film. One that uh, I've mentioned, I think... I, Every horror podcast I'm on, you know, and we talk about you know, horror, especially uh, rare movies, stuff that people might not have seen, and, and, and Halloween, um, there's a made-for-TV movie, and I don't know if I've ever talked with you about this, Gary, it's uh, talked with a lot of people, um, but it's called The Midnight Hour, and it was a made-for-TV movie that came out in the Halloween season in 1985, and uh, starring LeVar Burton, Sherry Belafonte, I uh, have uh, Kevin McCarthy, um, a lot, um, uh, what's his name? Um, a lot, there, there's a lot of really actually big names in it. Uh, made for TV movie, but it's really, really cool and really creepy. My mom taped it on the VCR for me, you know, whenever it was 1985, so I was like about eight years old or so at that point. And, uh, scared the crap out of me, man, when I was little. And uh, so that's that's one of the ones that you can, there's actually a great crystal clear version of it that a friend of mine on Facebook uh, made me aware of, um, or uh, on YouTube right now. So uh, if you look up The Midnight Hour, 1985, on YouTube, uh, full movie, uh, you should be able to locate 
the version of it there. That's a definite go-to. A great, great Halloween film. Um, and uh, oh man, you know, just uh, uh, you mentioned Halloween three. I mean, that's uh, that's a classic, man. Uh, oh boy. Uh, another one I just pulled out, and I think I saw you mention this on Facebook here in the past couple weeks, Gary. And yeah. it's another one that uh, I, I actually I haven't seen in a while, and I'm just like I gotta watch that again. It's uh, Satan's Little Helper. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's, yeah. that's a Halloween film there. Yeah, yeah. Directed so, by uh, Jeff Lever, and I think uh, our friend Misty from the Black Annis pro- uh, podcast said that she's never seen it. I was like, we gotta get on that because oh man, that's that's my kind of silly right there. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, uh, somebody out there, um, oh boy, boy, that's, uh, that's about, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, I think is a, is a great one to watch around Halloween too. It's, uh, yeah, it's, one of my it's, favorites. it's fun. I'll, I'll give Rob Zombie that. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Rob Zombie supporter. I, I, I've, I've been this, uh, I've been, <laughs> I've been lay, laying this home as, as of late, <laughs> as a, as a, since I've been a podcaster, yeah. I think he's kind of a hack, but I think that. I'd say a good half of the movie, not like watch the first half and say it's good. I'd say a good half of House of the House of Corpses <laughs> is good, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I totally understand. And, you know, it's one of those movies that divides people and people but, seem to love it or hate it. But, but, I, but the, the Devil's Rejects is, is perfection. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll give oh. them. If Rob's ever made a film, a, a film in quotations, I think the, Devil, the Devil's Rejects <laughs> is his best, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a good one. That is a good one. But uh, you know, as far as capturing a Halloween sort of more of an atmosphere, you know, I think uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is uh, another one out there that people want to give a shot, see if they love it or hate it. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a huge there, there's just uh, tons out there. Uh, I think that what I would recommend is what I'm, I'm marathoning currently actually right now because I, I I got really excited on Facebook yesterday. I found my my DVD set outside of it. Was a show that ran on NBC called Erie, Indiana, for a short time. Oh yeah, yeah, man. It's got uh, Omri Katz in it from uh, Hocus Pocus. He played the the male lead in Hocus Pocus. If you don't know what this is, it's basically a show that Joe Dante came up with. We all love Joe, Joe Dante, <laughs> and uh, he he put made the, the put, threw this kid from Jersey in this town where all this all this wacky stuff happens. So he's paranoid about everything. And then they have a, uh, an episode where a kid gets a retainer where he can hear what dogs say, and then dogs are going to take over the world. <laughs> there, there's a lot of fun stuff in this in this 19-episode this series that didn't last long. And uh, I don't know if it's still available. It's made for a really crude DVD. I think BMG put it out, <laughs> if you can remember that far back. Wow. But either it's really out of print or you can get it really, really easily. I couldn't tell you for sure, but I, I think it's a real winner. It's one of my favorite things that Joe Dante's ever done, and that that's uh, that's that's uh, that's saying something. And you can show your kids it too, right? Because yeah. it's 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 a uh, it's it's scary in parts, but it's 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 a fun kind of scary. So it it might scare your eight year old. I'm not sure certain episodes, but you know the they'll have a lot of fun with it. So I think if, if I had to recommend for Going back for nostalgic purposes, and if you want something to show your kids, I think Erie, Erie Indiana is your answer for that. Good call, man. Uh, but with that, um, we'll all leave you here, for, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna go enjoy, enjoy our Halloween now, and go go uh, either pass out some candy or eat some candy. And my, yeah. my, my my drinking days are behind me, but uh, 
I'll, uh, with Corey here, I'm sure we'll wish you all a happy Halloween, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not doing the party thing really anymore myself. You know, I'm, I'm doing it, uh, I'm pretty much having all my Halloween fun, like, through my kids. You know, I have two little ones. I have a four-year-old, and uh, uh, my little daughter's going to be uh, two here for too long. And so, man, they're they're in this really fun Halloween stage, you know. And uh, it, it's just really cool dressing them up and taking them around and just been doing all this kid stuff around town, you know, different uh, different spooky things and for kids. And, you know, it's a lot of fun, really. That's that's how I'm having my fun now. I'm just having a blast with it, you know. And... and that's all I need because that's I, I know I, I remember how much fun as a kid I had you know my parents you know t- took us out and they did so much and I thought that was great so just uh, what, do uh, now with my kids now uh, what, what are they gonna go as this year by the way um I got well here's uh, my boy is Batman okay um which is cool my little girl's like this caterpillar thing you know and which is cool but what what's really cool about my boy is uh, I asked him this year before we decided anything or he, he told me what he wanted to be. I'm like, all right, you got to think, what do you want to be for Halloween? And he's like, Daddy, I want to be a werewolf. And I'm like, that is so awesome. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, we're going to go down to the street to one of the Halloween stores, and we're going to find you like an awesome Halloween uh, werewolf Halloween costume. So we get going down to the store, and we're looking around, and, and they had a lot of cool ones there, don't get me wrong. But I'm starting to think, you know, at this age, he's four. And he's wearing this costume to, like, his, he's going to preschool now with, you know, like, 20-some other kids. Um, you know, he's going to be wearing just all these different, you know, little trick-or-treat Halloween events with all these other little kids. And these, these, these uh, werewolf things are pretty pretty scary. I mean, they're pretty gruesome. Even the ones for the little kids, they're, they're pretty scary. And uh, plus, most of them are, like, these big, bulky, hairy masks, you know, that they yes. have to wear. And, and at that age, you know, it's, it's they, he wouldn't leave it on for more than five minutes, I guarantee you. And so we're looking around, and I'm just like, hey, you know, you know, maybe uh, there's the werewolf, but, yeah, look, you know, do you want to maybe look around a little bit? And so I sort of uh, encouraged him away from that, as much as it pains me, because I would have loved for him to be a werewolf or something scary like that. But i got to be realistic at that age and for what. And so... Ended up looking around, and he picked out this awesome one of the black Batman suits, you know, with all the muscles and stuff, and cool mask. And he just loved it. He, he thinks it's, it's awesome, and so do I. So do I. It's, we've had a lot of fun. So, you know, got to wait till a little bit older, uh, I think, to, to fully enjoy you know, the whole horror aspect of it and dressing up real scary. But, you know, that's all right. That's all right, man. It's, it's fun. Yeah, for, for a kid, for a world, you almost have to do it yourself, you know, and. Yeah. yeah, so speaking of which, somebody, somebody did a costume. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Tim Gross, who does the Bloodbass and Boomsticks podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is his daughter, she, she's uh, she's she's mentally handicapped, she, 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 but she loves monster movies like her dad loves monster movies. Cool. And he done his daughter up like Six Shooter from, from Puppet Master. Oh, no way. And she uh, looks amazing. Uh, I love it. Oh, does she do the laugh? That's all I want to know, man. Does she do the right. laugh, you know? <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that's cool. So God, God bless Tim Gross, and he 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 loves he loves he loves dumb movies more than anybody else. So you know, <laughs> he's he's carrying the flag for all of us. You know, so. Oh yeah, oh I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, but, um, cool, cool. Yeah, this is where I'll leave you. Uh, yeah, man. Just, just say have have fun this Halloween, like I said, and uh, I always remember here. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Here at the Simby Podcast, if you've got beef. I've got the grinder. See you soon. All right.